Leaked audio shows Perry Stone claiming he will take his own life after being shown to have a predatory lifestyle towards women. And we take a look at the effects of adultery and ministry and some others who have actually chosen to take their own life when their torrid affairs were exposed. Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we are going to be looking at a number of horrible stories to talk about. But the truth is, is that when it comes to the Christian faith, when it comes to the black eyes that so many false teachers and those who've been taken astray and led astray by their own lust have given the body of Christ, or at least given the idea of the body of Christ to the world, because I believe many of these false teachers were never actually true believers. Many of them never knew Christ, but only merely used his name. But nonetheless, it is important for us to talk about it, because I know that I don't want somebody coming up to me at the marketplace or, or whatever it may be. If you're somebody who is out there uh, working at you know retail store, whatever it may be, and somebody at your work says, you see those pastors, all they are are hypocrites. You see them committing adultery, you see them practicing these acts, and you say, oh, that never happens. Well, you're not being truthful, one. And two, we're not recognizing that when these things take place, that's exactly what the Bible says will happen that people will be taken, new converts and so forth, that are given these roles of eldership, people that do not meet the qualifications, whether that is their age or time of conversion, specifically time of conversion, their age in the faith, I should say, whether, whatever it is that they don't meet the requirements, they should never be appointed to the positions they are appointed, the ones that teach false doctrine, the ones that aren't able to defend those who do not teach sound doctrine, uh, defend against false teachers and so forth, just a number of the biblical requirements that are not being met. And so we are being met with the torrid affairs of so many of these false teachers who were never supposed to be appointed to the positions they were in. Now, to start all of this, we're going to be talking about Perry Stone. Now, Perry Stone is a very popular teacher, and not only is he really popular in charismatic uh, movements and those who practice and teach uh, not practice, but teach the pre-trib rapture theory, Perry Stone is a very popular name. And Perry Stone was also caught, as we did an episode on it before we went to video, so we had to describe it, of him going through his cell phone as he's speaking in tongues and as he continues to give out gibberish without any interpreter, he looks at his phone while doing it on video. Yes, Lord, have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. And if that wasn't bad enough, recent, not only allegations, but recent audio clips taken and given to the Chattanooga Free, uh, Chattanooga Free Press has now shown that he was not only caught and allegations brought towards him, but also, or brought forward to him, but also that Perry Stone had some very interesting things to say when he was caught. 
I'll be reading from an article here. It states, 11 letters were sent to the board of directors of the Voice of Evangelism Ministry from women who worked with him. They alleged that Stone would frequently engage in sexual harassment, including groping, making comments about breasts, kissing them on the lips and on their necks, asking for massages, and texting them asking for pictures. The Chattanooga Free Press has obtained leaked audio from two members high up in Stone's organization right as he was being exposed and before his confession. One of Stone's head of security, a Bradley County Sheriff's Office lieutenant, and another, a ministry leader, CFP reports. The law enforcement officer described Stone as exhibiting, quote, a predatory lifestyle. The ministry leader said that Stone had a severe problem, probably a mental illness, and was living in a false reality about the situation, according to the recordings. Now, I would say that plenty of the things that he may be chalking up as mental illness might be dealing with someone whose conscience is also bearing witness against them. And when you are living this lifestyle, claiming to be a believer, and having that conscience bear witness against you, then you probably are going to be pretty depressed, and you probably are going to look mentally ill to some people. Quote, yet nearly two years later, both men remain active. Those same men who are involved in the audio clip we're going to be uh, talking about, they both remain active in Stone's ministry and have played integral roles in defending Stone. One, comparing the misconduct allegations against Stone to Jesus at the crucifixion, and the other by physically removing a Stone critic from ministry property. And by the way, this is something that is quite common when people are exposed for their unbiblical behavior, that then people will say, well, didn't Jesus get crucified? In fact, I remember as a new believer sharing the gospel with a Mormon, and when I expressed the fact that Joseph Smith seemingly got the judgment that was promised in Revelation in terms of him getting those curses that the book of Revelation mentions, which he'll actually get, Joseph Smith, the false uh, cult leader from the Mormon church, he actually said to me, well, didn't Jesus die a horrible death? And I said, yeah, but it wasn't from taking people's wives away from them. But nonetheless, this is something that is very common when people are trying to defend the abhorrent behavior from others, not realizing that when it was Jesus on that cross, he had done no wrong. There was no wickedness found in his lips, in his mind, in his deeds, because he was perfect. And these things, which Perry Stone has now come out to admit some of them, which is typical for those who get caught, they only want to admit certain parts and usually leave it vague as to what they're admitting to. But nonetheless, when we look at this, this is entirely different than Jesus, who uttered no sin from his lips, no falsity, no lies. He only spoke the truth, and the sentence that he got was for our sins. Though Stone would later admit that he did at least in part what he's been accused of, and then seek to purge his confession and walk it back in a private meeting with the two leaders, Stone denied all contact and threatened to kill himself and shut down his ministry on account of their exposure. I have 12 letters of where you're headed, and you've done it to all of them. Okay. Where you... You know what? I'm going to go commit suicide up in the mountains and end this thing, because I'm not going to... Look, listen to me before God. I'm going to go take pills in the mountains, Rob, because I, I can't put up with this. Okay, we're here to help I, you. No, I'm a very sincere person, but I have almost no friends, man. And I have almost no friends because of sh** like this. You've got two friends No, I know I do, you. but I'm just saying, like this. I can't shake a woman's hand. Oh, he's coming on to me. Pat him on the back. He's coming on to me. 
I'm talking about these other people. The, you know, this other stuff, whatever. I'm just talking about these other people. I mean, it just really... And, and look, I will take my life before I'll let the ministry go down. And I swear to God, I'll take my we're life. Here. I, no, 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 no. This is going to get bigger. If he's got letters, it means they're talking it. If they're talking it, they're the, not ministry, even talking to each the ministry is ruined. I'm going to shut OCI down and sell the building. No, I need to. I need, I need to shut OCI down, sell the building, and forget everything I'm doing. Because I am not. And if Pam Stone knows this, Pam Stone will leave me. She doesn't Just by, no, no, by, by, Oh, no, she'll by, find out. By, no, she'll find out. And by accusations, I'll be destroyed. So why, what do I have to live for? What do I have to live for, man? That's why we're here. It, it, I'm ruined. Notice that he is seemingly very upset of being caught, not for the actions that actually took place. And it, even in this admission, seemingly is trying to spin it as if patting someone on the back is the same thing as groping them. Uh, it's one thing if one person makes accusations. It's another if 11 people who worked closely with you begin to chart up all of the wicked things you've been doing, including asking them for pictures, it seems like where there is this heinous amount of smoke, there is a heinous amount of fire. And so when we see this, it's a heartbreaking example to us of someone who is just swimming in quicksand. And instead of saying, I can't believe this, I repent, and should get out of ministry, is trying to hold on and is still being propagated as a teacher to this very day. And yet, when we look at this, this is precisely against what Scripture says when it comes to a person who is supposed to be in ministry. And this heartbreaking encounter that we're looking at shows someone who seems very desperate to keep their ministry, who seems very desperate in terms of not being caught and thinking that ending his own life would be better than repentance. And that is not the case. The truth is, is that ministries should not be more important. If you're involved in a ministry, if you're a pastor, whatever it may be, your ministry, your pastoral care, your eldership, uh, your deacon uh, duties, whatever it may be, or your ministry online, if that comes in front of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, if that comes in front of your relationship with your very own wife and children, then you need to quit you need to step away. You need to no longer be in ministry, let alone when you are using your ministerial position in order to grope women, in order to make filthy comments and coarse jesting towards them, suggestive language, and then texting them dirty things. You really need to quit, get away, and stop doing ministry altogether. Go get a job doing something else. And it should not matter. The money it should not matter the esteem. It should not matter what other people think of you because ultimately, Perry, you need to repent. You need to step away from ministry, say and admit that you are not fit for ministry, walk away, repent, and go under someone's leadership who will watch over your soul because what you're doing is something wicked. Sadly, though, when it comes to Perry, he has not, not sadly that he hasn't killed himself, but having those thoughts Obviously, those are from the enemy. Those are from the evil one. And we need to make sure that we recognize when Satan is whispering into our ears. I, I you know, we see in the in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, that the Holy Spirit 
is something beautiful, and obviously the devil wants something different, and so often we see the counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. And so often when we understand the conviction of the Holy Spirit as people that know their Savior Jesus, that know the one whom Jesus sent, and the sheep that hear his voice, listen and follow him, recognize when the Holy Spirit is convicting them, Perry, stop your foul language and cursing your life and trying to kill yourself. Stop groping women. Stop sending them text and the like. Stop doing that and repent versus the devil who would tell you or demons that would tell you, no, it's fine. It's no big deal. You're saved by grace and you can live like the devil and you'll be fine up there and getting on into heaven. And so we need to recognize those two voices, one juxtaposed to the next, versus on the other side, when those sinful acts are committed and the Holy Spirit drawing you back, convicting you of that sin and saying, repent, versus Satan who would tell you that God will never forgive you, you won't ever be accepted, when repentance is right there and offered to us, to those who would turn from that wickedness, place our trust back, and get back in that vine. As it says in Romans 11, those are those who are cut off because of their unbelief, and then they can be grafted in by that belief. We want that for Perry, but first and foremost, he needs to step away from ministry because he no longer has a good standing and reputation with the outside world, and he needs full repentance. But I want to take a look at a few different, I don't like to call them pastors because I think a lot of them came from false churches, and the only pastor work as a shepherd they were doing were the blind leading the blind into a ditch. But nonetheless, this doesn't take and make these stories any less tragic. When we read, for example, the story of the pastor who was caught on Ashley Madison, and I want to read this to you. This is a story that was done And it's about John Gibson, who was caught, and he was teaching even at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And he liked fixing cars and apparently uh, looking and perusing on Ashley Madison. Quote, It was August 24th, six days after the hackers exposed the names of millions of people who had signed up for Ashley Madison, the notorious site for those seeking affairs. Gibson's name was on the list. His wife, Christy, discovered her husband's body. It was a moment that life doesn't prepare you for. I had to call my kids. How do you tell your kids that their dad is gone and that he took his own life? He even wrote out a suicide note, sadly enough. And Mr. Gibson was somebody that could not handle being caught on a site. And if you guys don't have the best memory of that, this site was a site dedicated to you secretly cheating on your spouse. And many people were exposed from YouTube stars to other very famous pastors and so forth for signing up to Ashley Madison so that they could find people and commit commit infidelity with them confidentially, only to have hackers expose and bring to light those very people who were paying money with their credit card to find people who will help them and be alongside of them as they partner with in sin. And so he was not the only one caught there. There were a number of people caught there. And others in other ways have been caught from adultery. In fact, Seth Euler, 
a 42-year-old pastor from First United Methodist Church in New York, Ohio, committed suicide in his church-owned home. His untimely death followed an adulterous affair with a church staff member to which he had admitted to. And also another pastor by the name of Isaac Hunter, the former pastor of Summer Church in Orlando, took his own life. His death came about a year after he admitted to an affair with a former staffer. And unlike Euler's story with Hunter, there was apparent warning signs, including reports of a downward spiral of violence, drug and alcohol abuse, and suicidal thoughts. A suicide note was even discovered far in advance from his death. And sadly enough, not only have many of these men who have been caught in their own infidelity gone as far as to kill themselves, but even some, as this one pastor actually committed suicide after finding his wife was cheating on him. A pastor on Monday threw himself to death from the fourth floor of a city building in an apparent suicide that sources claim was linked to domestic issue. Gospel author and senior pastor Barry Dembaza of Upper Room Ministries died early Monday after reports he had walked in on his wife committing an affair. The Bible says in Proverbs 18.14, the spirit of a man can endure sickness, but as for a broken spirit, who can bear it? And this is something that is true. People's hearts breaking, people's hearts failing them because of infidelity that maybe they've committed or someone against them. And I want to I want to give this out as some advice as someone who I absolutely adore my wife and trust my wife and have confidence in her at the city gates so to speak. And I am excited because I am leaving today uh, for my 10-year anniversary with my wife. And my wife and I know full well that our relationship with Jesus Christ comes first, even before our relationship with one another. So if I've placed all of my faith in my marriage and that my marriage is going to be the thing that holds me together in my relationship with Christ, at some point, my wife, who is close to perfect but not perfect, she listens to all my shows, um, she is going to not be perfect. I have to have my relationship centered and completely wrapped around Jesus Christ and who he is and what he did on the cross. And you need to do that. You need to steady your hearts. And as it says in Proverbs over and over, guard your hearts. And because that broken spirit is so hard to mend, I believe it's ultimately God who mends that broken spirit, that he is the one who's highly exalted and lives in a high and holy place, but will dwell with those who have broken spirit and those with a contrition heart, a contrived heart, that hurt heart that he can change. He's the one who can mend that spirit. He's the one who can mend that relationship when these things happen as well. And I believe the pain of adultery, the shame of it, of all of these things that take place are ultimately for our good in that when we look at the damage that is done, we can recognize the very damage that is done when spiritual adultery takes place and you begin cheating on the one true God, especially if you are a minister of the gospel. But sometimes, as it says in James chapter 1, adultery and lust can turn into murder. In fact, it's said like this in James 1, starting at verse 12, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. 
For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. And I want to look at this story from Pastor Matt Baker, because that's exactly what took place. God was not tempting this man, but I'm going to read from this story of a Baptist minister who actually committed murder just to hide up and cover up his sin so that he could begin practicing it as much as he wanted. Matt Baker was once a beloved Baptist minister in the heart of the Bible Belt. But what his doting Waco, Texas congregation didn't know was that when he preached the Ten Commandments from the pulpit, he was breaking them in private. Two months before his wife, Carrie Baker, was found dead in her bed, apparently from an overdose of sleeping pills, he had secretly started an affair with a woman at church, according to the woman. He would start that affair with one Vanessa Bowles, a recently divorced single mother and church member. Although Baker and Bowles denied having an affair, McLennan County criminal investigator Abdon Rodriguez had his suspicions in interviews with Bowles. Quote, she's telling me, no, I never did do this. I never did go here or there or whatever. And I already verified that she had. Rodriguez said of Bowles' relationship with Baker while his wife was still alive. It wasn't until Bowles faced a grand jury that she finally admitted to not just the affair, but also to Baker's admission to her that he had killed his wife. Bowles had a recently divorced, vulnerable single mother and said Baker saw it as his chance for seduction. At the time, the 24-year-old blonde was younger and more importantly to Baker, slimmer than his wife. Quote, he referred to her as a fat blink and said that he couldn't stand how fat she had gotten, said that he wanted her out of his life, Bowles said Baker first approached her in the months prior to his wife's death, making peculiar passes. She said he told her, quote, don't date other guys, just date your pastor. And one time went even as far as telling her, I've had a vasectomy, so I can't get you pregnant. Also, I don't have any STDs. Gosh, this is sick to read, by the way. Using Bowles' recent divorce status as a way to interact with her, Baker began calling her frequently, offering divorce counseling. She said he invited her to his home on Friday nights in February 2006 while his wife was at work for some in-person counseling. Quote, he started, you know, quoting scripture, things like that. Then he asked if he could hold my hands to pray, and he did. Then afterwards, he started to kiss me. He would later sleep with uh, Miss Vanessa Bowles right on the bed that he would murder his wife. Baker, admitting to Bowles exactly how he did kill his wife, said that he had promised his wife a wild night of sex, handcuffed her to the bed, and put sleeping pills in a cocktail. Quote, he started kissing her and touching her all over, and he said, I don't know if he took her clothes off or not, he never specified. Then he said he kept doing that until she fell asleep. He said that whenever he did that, he said he kissed her on the forehead, and either, I don't know which one he said, he either said, Give Cassidy a hug hug for me, referring to their second daughter who died of a brain tumor, or give Cassidy a kiss for me, Bowles testified. Then he said he put a pillow over her head, 
Bowles later said he told her God had already forgiven him. Well, Mr. Baker, the truth is, is that you're a murderer, and the Bible says no murderer has eternal life in them, and that is speaking specifically about hating someone, let alone committing adultery and trying to cover it up with a murder. But as much as these things need to be taught in terms of explaining to people that their soul is in the balance, and right now, unless this man has repented while serving his prison sentence, which he is ultimately serving now, he needs to repent now, if he hasn't already, before it is too late. Because we have in the scriptures a specific detailed account of something like this taking place, not killing his own wife, but King David, one of the most radical kings of Israel. King David, so many pictures of him as being the Lord Jesus Christ to come, the Messiah that was to come, the Messiah ben David, the ruler and king of kings that will ultimately come being Jesus, we see that King David had this misstep. You see, when King David did not go off to war as the kings normally went off to war and wasn't fighting the battle that God had called him to battle, that was when he fell for Bathsheba after he was watching her bathe on her rooftop. And to cover up the sin that David had committed, instead of killing his own wife, he had another problem. Because Bathsheba wasn't divorced. She was married to Uriah the Hittite, a man of valor, a man of principle, who David tried to get to sleep with his wife, even got him drunk in order to get him to sleep with his wife, so that he could cover up who the baby was going to be in terms of him being the father. And yet, when that didn't work, he ended up with Uriah's blood on his hands, setting him up to be killed at war. And then he took Uriah's wife as his own and not only lost his son because of this, but also the shame that went forth. But in that same Bible that we read, Psalm 51 tells us of the song of repentance that he sang, and I pray that these men that are still alive and didn't take, haven't taken their own life would cry out for that psalm of repentance that David cried out. Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. He recognized that ultimately he had sinned against God and God alone. Even though he had sinned against Uriah the Hittite, the truth is, is that God is the one who has made these laws, and when we break them, we break these laws against an eternal God who made them, wrote them on our hearts, and we go against our conscience that he's given us. And so when we see that, and we see the repentance, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. All of these cries are what we need to cry out when we fall into things, or if you fall into things. I'm not saying everyone falls into murder and, and adultery, But when you fall into sin, get back up. Chase after God and say, sorry. I'm sorry for what I've done. I turn. And I want to turn sinners back to you. I want to be a word of warning for someone where sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for them, and they need to master over it by way and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit for believers that lives in us. So I encourage you guys, if you have not repented and if you're following in sin, and maybe that's pornography, maybe you're thinking and being enticed by someone at your work right now to go off and step outside of the bounds of marriage or maybe into fornication with your girlfriend, turn right now 
Put your trust in the Lord. He will give you strength because apart from him, you can do nothing. This has been Chad Davidson. This is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.